Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. As we watch TV shows or as we watch certain things, you can begin to let spirits into your soul. You begin, you can begin, you you can begin to let uh, things like fear into your body. You can begin to let things like worry into your soul simply by not checking the things that you look at, by not checking the things that you listen to. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Kingdom Rock Network, um, where we are currently in a series today titled The Government of Your Soul. Now, this is part two of the series. So if you haven't already watched the first one, I definitely encourage encourage you to go back and watch the first one so you can tag along with us. All right, so we're not going to prolong any time. We're just going to dive right in, okay? So last week's topic, uh, we talked about the foundations of your soul, uh, where we talked about three main fundamental parts um, for your soul, which was number one, to maintain order, uh, number two, to provide public service, and then number three is which, which we're gonna be talking about today, which is the aspect of providing security and defense. All right, so we're just gonna jump right into the word of God. Let's look at Genesis two, verses seven, and it reads, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth uh, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So again, if, re- if you recall, the first two points that we went over last week for the purpose of your soul um, in part one was to, number one, maintain order. Number two, provide public service. All right, so let's look at these points in, in, uh, in, in comparison when God first created man in the Garden of Eden. All right, so let's look at Genesis 2, verses 15 through seven, uh, 17, and it reads as follows. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of Every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt surely die. Now, remember that order, which is point number one, is predicated on a constitution or uh, the Bible, which is the word of God. So as we become doers of the word of God, as we begin to walk in the word of God, as we begin to follow the word of God, we can expect order to be established in our soul. And by doing that, as we establish order internally, we will begin to see order externally. All right, so... If order is maintained based on us following the Bible or based on us following our constitution, what does that mean for Adam and Eve since they didn't have a physical Bible in the sense that we have? Well, though Adam and Eve didn't have a Bible as we do, they still had a word of God or rather they had a word from God. All right. So as we follow our Bible, as we follow our constitution, as we follow the word of God, as we have it, we can see we can see order established in our lives in the same manner. Adam and Eve were given a word from God. They had a constitution, which is the word from God, as we do. Not in the same sense as we do, but they still had a word from God. They had the word of God. All right. And we can see this in Genesis two, verses 16 and 17. And it reads, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that shalt eatest, therefore, for in the day that sh- for in the day that thou eatest, therefore thou shalt surely die. So, just as again, just as we follow the Bible um, 
And, and, and as, as we follow the Bible, order will be maintained into our lives. Order will be maintained for our lives. In the same manner, as Adam and Eve followed this word that was given from God, this was their constitution. As long as they followed this word from God, order will be maintained. All right. So in addition to order being maintained, uh, we also talked about another point last week, was, which was point number two, to p- provide public services. All right. So as a government, as, as a national government, in a sense of the United States government, uh, the government provides public services for the for, 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 for the public, for, for the general population. In the same sense, our government or our soul, we are meant to provide public services or assignment or purpose uh, for, for the for the general good for the for the public in that sense. All right. So what does this look like for Adam and Eve? Well, we can look in Genesis 1, verses 27, 28, and see the public service that God assigned to them or the assignment or purpose that God assigned to them. And it reads as follows. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth, moveth upon the earth. So again, first, which was point number one, order has to be established from a word that was given from God. We saw the word that was given from God earlier, uh, which was don't eat from that tree, don't eat from the forbidden tree. As long as they followed that word, as long as they heeded the word of God that they had, order would be maintained. In addition to that, public services we can see here, God told them to what? Be fruitful and multiply or increase he told them to fill the earth and occupy it, or he told them, and he also told them to govern the earth, or he told them to have dominion. So this was the assignment or the purpose that God has given them. In the same manner, in this day and age, God gives us the word of God for order to be maintained in our lives, and he also gives us assignment and purpose in our lives as well. And we talked about this last week, so this is just a brief recap. All right, so as long as they heeded their constitution in regards to Adam and Eve, as long as Adam and Eve heeded their constitution or the word that God gave to them to govern themselves internally, they were then able to govern externally or to work in the public service that God gave to them or work in the assignment or, or, or purpose that God gave to them. Amen. So in the same manner, if we obey our constitution, our soul, which is internal, will have order. And in effect of this, we will become rather we will have the ability to govern externally. All right. And begin to occupy the purpose and assignment that God has for us or that God has for you. Amen. So, again, as long as Adam and Eve followed their constitution, which was God's word, all would have been well. But of course, we know that this isn't how the story ends. All right. So let's go to Genesis verse rather Genesis chapter three, verses one through six. And let's see where a change takes place. And it reads as follows. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from rather? Did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. So again, here you can see Eve quoting the order, rather quoting the word of God that was given to them so order could be maintained. Now look what the devil does here. He says this in, in verses four, verse four, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, 
God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. All right, so let's talk about the sequence of events that's taking place right here. So up to this point or up before this point right here, um, up to this point before Adam and Eve ate the fruit uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, everything was perfect. They were living in a perfect paradise. There was no sickness. There was no sin. There was no disease. There was no corruption. Everything was perfect. They had everything that they needed. All right. So they were able to govern externally because internally uh, they had order, which was based on them following God's word, not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right. So as long as they did that, they had order. As long as they did that, everything was perfect. As long as they did that, order was maintained internally, which allowed them to govern externally. But of course, the devil came and he, he, he tried to disrupt this. All right. So. Let's take a closer look here at Genesis verses, rather Genesis 3, chapter 6. And again, it reads, the woman was convinced and she saw, note that word right there, she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. All right. So, and this right here brings us to the third aspect of the foundations of your soul, which is to provide security and defense. All right. So let's go back to the illustration as we've been using, uh, as we've been using throughout the series and as we'll continue to use throughout the series. Uh, let's go back to the illustration of our U.S. government or of our, uh, or of our natural government. All right. Now, if anybody has ever been to Washington, D.C., if you've ever been anywhere to the Capitol, to the White House, you know that almost anywhere you go, whether that's a museum, whether that's the Capitol, anywhere you go, before you can actually step into a government facility, there's some type of security. All right, so if you go to the White House, I guarantee you that there's gonna be some type of security. All right, if you go to the museum, to, if you go to a museum in Washington, D.C., I guarantee you there's gonna be some type of security. All right, so in fact, any national government building in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., uh, that you go to, there's going to be a high level of security before you can actually enter into that government facility. All right. So this security is important because it acts as the first level of defense against government, rather against um, it acts as the first level of defense for our government against things that can be potentially threatening to the government. All right. So like our U.S. government, our souls also have these checkpoints or they should have these checkpoints and these security points. Um, and we and we usually define these security points or these checkpoints as portals. All right. So we know we we, we call these things or our checkpoints, or our security points, the portals of our souls. All right. So what exactly are these checkpoints? What exactly are these security points? Well, you have your eyes and you have your ears. All right. So why is it so mindful? that we uh, be intentional about what we allow into these gates. Well, it's the same thing with the U.S. government. It's the same thing with these national buildings. They had to, every single person that passes through uh, to get into the White House, every single person that enters a government building, they had to look at every single person, no matter how big you are, no matter how small you are, no matter how 
uh, brown you are, no matter how white you are, no matter what the case may be, no matter your attire, they have to check you out. Why? Because there could be a potential chance that you could be threatening that government facility. So in the same manner, the things that we let in, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, we have to be very intentional about what we let in. Let in. Why? Because these things may seem innocent at sight, but when they begin to go through the metal detectors, when they begin to go through the security clearances of our soul, if we really evaluate these things, we, we can learn really quickly that some of these things may not be as good as they are intended to be or as they perceive to be. All right. So I want to give you an example, OK? So let's say that five well-dressed men go to, let's say, the White House. All right, five well-dressed men, they, I'm talking about these, these men, they looking spiffy. They looking really good. I'm talking about business suit and all, suitcase, briefcase and everything, nice shoes, all the good stuff, you know, and, and, and everything looking good. So let's say these five well-dressed men decide to go, let's say, to the Capitol in Washington, D.C. All right, now, all of these men look like they're here to handle business. All of these men look like they're here for some serious business. They're all, they all look like they're here for a purpose. All right, now, like everyone else, these five men have to go through security as well before they can actually enter into this government facility. So let's say the first man goes through. He goes to the security booth. He goes to the metal detector. All the security clearances, he checks out. Second man goes, same thing, he checks out. Third man and fourth man goes, they, they go to the security clearances and, and they check out. They're good to go in. Now, as the fifth man walks through, through the security booth, um, all the metal detectors goes off. All the, metal, all the metal detectors go off. All right. All the alarms begin to blaze. Everything begins to go panic mode. All right. So though all these men, though all five men look the same in stature and attire, Four men had paperwork inside their briefcases. Four men were actually there for business. But that fifth man, he had a detonating bomb and um, many guns on his person. But the thing is, they all looked the same. They all had business to tire on. They all had, you know, uh, a suitcase. They all had suits on. They all had nice shoes on. They all had the, the they all looked good to the eye. All right. So the point that I'm making is that if security would have just merely looked at these men and allowed them all in based off this appearance or based off their appearance, then they would have made a great mistake because though four of those men would have came in with the right intentions, with the right purpose, that fifth man that looked a part of the other four men uh, would, uh, actually had a hidden agenda and he would have to destroy the government from inside out. All right, so let's take a look here at 2 Corinthians verse 14. Uh, and it reads, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into the angel of light. So as I've used this example, let's look at our soul. Some of the things that we watch, some of the things that we listen to, we listen to all this stuff. We watch all this stuff and all this seems so innocent. The TV shows that we watch, it seems innocent. The things that we listen to, it seems innocent. But just like these five men, these five men, they all look the same. But that fourth, rather that fifth man Though he looked apart, he actually had hidden agendas. And because they took the time to evaluate him and not just let him in because they, he looked apart, they were able to catch him before he did something potentially threatening to the government. So the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, we have to begin to evaluate everything that we listen to. We have to begin to evaluate everything that we, that we, uh, that we watch. Why? Because 
sometimes the things that we watch, the TV shows that we watch, the things that we look at with our eyes may look okay with the eye or they may sound good to the ear, but in all actuality, because we don't actually take the time to evaluate these things, we are letting potentially uh, dangerous threats into our souls that can destroy us from inside out. What are these things that we're letting in? Well, as we watch TV shows or as we watch certain things, you can begin to let spirits into your soul. You begin, you can begin, you you can begin to let uh, things like fear into your body. You can begin to let things like worry into your soul simply by not checking the things that you look at, by not checking the things that you listen to. Amen. So, again, if we're not intentional and mindful of what we allow to our gateways, we may let things in which seem innocent by appearance and sight, but in reality will bring destruction to your government or destruction to your soul. All right. Now, if you're stuck in a place where, uh, where you may be saying, or you may be asking, uh, well, why is it so hard for me not to allow these things in? You know, I know this thing is bad that I'm looking at, but I just can't help it. It's just so, it's so tempting. This TV show is so tempting. This thing that I'm watching is so addicting. This thing that I'm listening to, I just can't, I can't get off of it. I, I just can't, I can't break it. Why is it so hard? Well, the thing is, you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this. Uh, for the matter of fact, the Apostle Paul uh, says that you're not alone in this as well. He says this in Romans 7, verses 15 through 20. He says this, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do the, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. But if I do, but if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. And it is, it is a sin living in me that does it. All right. So because Adam and Eve, uh, sin and garden, because they sinned against God, because they ate from the forbidden, because they ate from the forbidden fruit, they actually allowed sin into the whole entire human race. So we are all born into sin. We are all born uh, with, with these inclinations or the, these desires to sin. And it's the sin that lives in us. It's not us, but it's the sin uh, uh, that lives in us that we inherited from our, uh, from, from our ancestors, Adam and Eve. All right. So again, the reason that this is so hard is simply because of our sinful nature. All right. Uh, it's because of this flesh. All right, so if you recall a point that I made earlier um, in this series, I said that we are all spirit and we live in a body and we possess a soul. Uh, we are all spirit and we were formed from the dust of the earth. We were formed, our flesh is from the dust of the earth and we possess a soul. So our true self is spirit, but we live in a body. All right, the reason that I'm saying this is that God never intended for your body or better known as your flesh to have rule over your soul. All right. The reason that our flesh, the reason being is that our flesh is very selfish. Our flesh is very, very selfish. Our flesh doesn't care about nothing else but appeasement, stimulation. All right. Our flesh just wants to feel good. Uh, that's all our flesh wants. It doesn't care about nobody else. It doesn't care about this. It doesn't care about that. All it cares, all it cares for is how can I make me feel good? All right. So, uh, we can see this with Eve in Genesis 3, verses 6 as well. 
All right. It reads as follows. The woman was convinced. She saw, uh-oh, she saw that word right there. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. So this is how so so this is how sin uh this is how sin looks in our lives. All right, we 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 continue to sin, we continue to look at stuff that we know is wrong, but we look at it and we begin to the, the very thing that God tells us not to do, we look at it and say, oh, that looks pretty good. The very thing God commands us not to do, we look at it and say, I think I want to do that. The very thing God tells us not to mess with, we be like, oh, I think I want to mess with it. All right. That's why we continue to sin over and over again. That's why when you become, when you, when you get into a habit of sinning, it's so hard to stop. Why? Because sin promises something that it can't give. That's why we continue to sin. That's why people continue to have sex over and over again outside of marriage. That's why people begin to uh, take this drug again and again. And if that drug doesn't give them the high that they need, they go to the next drug and they take that drug again and again. They just keep progressing and progression, uh, progressing. All right. That's why people continue to uh, drink alcohol or maybe chase fame or fortune, uh, especially nowadays with our generation. People like to chase the bag. You know, I know so many people that are, that are stuck trying to, to chase money, trying to chase mammon. It's trying to uh, maybe if I get this much money, I have some worth to myself, you know, but they continue to chase these things. And the thing is, once you reach the level that you think is going to be that satisfaction level, there's always going to be more that's like, oh, no, I think I need to go up one more step. I need to go one more step. And that's how sin works. That's how sin operates. We continue to sin over and over and over again, but it never it never will give you the gratification that you desire. All right. So the problem with all these things is that they are meant to stimulate the flesh. But the thing is, um, when you stimulate the flesh, it will never bring satisfaction to your soul. All right. When you stimulate the flesh, you will never have satisfaction to your soul. That's why we continue to sin. That's why we, 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 we go into habits of sin. That's why we let stuff in that we know is just so wrong, but it, it feels so good to the body. It's stimulating the body, but deep, deep down inside, you know, this isn't right. I know this ain't right. I know I shouldn't be watching this. I know I shouldn't be smoking this. I know I shouldn't be drinking this, but it feels so good to the body. So there's some confusion going on. All right. There's like a battle going on. All right. So again, God intended for our spirit man, which is our true self, to have control of your soul, not your flesh, not this fleshly nature. Um, so now there's a battle that, that we have to experience every single day. All right. So just like here in America, there are two main parties that we can let rule our soul. The de- rather, rule our government. We have the Democratic Party. We have the Republican Party. All right. Two main parties in the same manner. Our soul or the government of our soul, there's two main parties that can rule. We have the political party of the flesh or you have the political party uh, of the spirit. All right. Now, let's look at Galatians 5, 17, and it reads as follows. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces or these two political parties are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Let's also look at Romans, uh, Romans eight and five. And it reads as follows. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the spirit. 
All right, so again, you see this principle of, of, of this party versus this party, uh, flesh versus spirit. We see this principle of this thing wants control of your soul and this thing wants control of your soul. All right, now, like any political parties, uh, both parties that want control of your government are always going to make promises. If you watch the presidential debates, Republicans are making promises, Democrats are making promises, they're both making promises. In the same manner, your flesh is making promises to your soul, your spirit, and the Holy Spirit is making promises to your soul. The thing is, the flesh, the, the, the devil, he likes to operate through your flesh. He's like that, think about it like this. He's like that political party that makes so many promises. Oh, when I get into office, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. But the moment he gets control over your government, the moment you let him into your soul, all those promises go out the window. They are going and by. All right. So and again, we know that he's the father of lies. So he he'd be the perfect political candidate in, in this day and age, you know, <laughs> amen. But by the same manner, our spirit or the political party of our spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, when, when you give your life to Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, when you repent of your sins, and you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive his Holy Spirit to live within you. And he will join together with your spirit to help you rule your government or to help rule your soul. All right. And we can see this here in Romans 8, 15 and 16. And it reads as follows. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. All right. So you see this principle of, again, the flesh, the political party of the flesh that wants to take your soul. And you see this principle of the political party of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit, with your spirit that wants to uh, have a rule, rule over your soul. All right. Again, the devil or the political party of the flesh make these promises. You know, if you drink that, you know, you'll feel good. Your worries will go out the window. If you have sex with that person, you know you love them. They, they, they love you, right? You can go ahead and have sex, you know, uh, or, 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 or smoke this or drink that, whatever. It'll make you feel good. They make promises. That you, you'll feel all right. It's okay. You ain't got to worry about it. But the thing is, it's like that political party or political leaders that make these promises. And the moment they get inside office, all those promises are gone and by. So the moment you begin to drink that thing or the moment you begin to smoke that whatever you're smoking or the moment you begin to have sex with that person, as soon as it's done, the promise that it was get, the promise that was promised to you doesn't, doesn't come to pass. The gratification that you were seeking in sinning it doesn't give you that gratification. It doesn't give you the satisfaction. So what, ha what has happened is you have let this thing come into you and convince you to, hey, let me rule your soul. Uh, the sin is saying, let, let, let me have control. You know, if you let me have control, I'll make, I'll make you feel good. I'll make these promises to you. But the thing is, the moment it's in control, you begin to feel corruption in your soul. That's why many times when people begin to act in sin, we know it's wrong. We feel so, so wrong after we sin. We feel so, so wrong after we listen to this or after we watch it or after we do this or after we do that. We feel so, so wrong. That's the political party of the flesh. That's the devil making promises that he can't keep. Now, in the same manner, the Holy Spirit that joins together with your spirit, that political party. Now, I know here in our national government, in the United States government, no political party is correct. But I'm telling you something today. The Holy Spirit in your spirit, when, when he when he comes together with your spirit, every single promise that he makes for you is, is, is yes and amen. All right. Let's look at this in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yea. 
and in him a man until the glory by uh, uh, until the glory by us. Amen. So as we begin to close today, I want to encourage you to not let the political party of the flesh rule. Don't let the enemy rule through your flesh, but let the Holy Spirit join together with your spirit to rule. Amen. So. Um, again, when we allow when we allow God to rule our government and not this flesh, we can tell the devil when he tries to invade our borders, when he tries to uh, invade our security gates, when he tries to sneak in like that fifth man tried sneaking in, uh, when we begin to let the Holy Spirit rule, we, we will begin to uh, catch his stuff. He'll begin to try to sneak in through certain, through your port, the portal of your eyes or the portals of your ears, and you can say, no, 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 I don't want to do that. You know, uh, oh, I don't want to watch that, or I don't want to listen to that. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit said, I don't need to do that. The Holy Spirit convicts me, says, I don't need to watch it. The Holy Spirit is convicting me. Why? Because He wants what's best for my government. He doesn't convict you to make you feel bad. He's convicting you to warn you that if you let that in, if you continue to do that, it's going to destroy your government. It's going to destroy your soul. Amen. So, I just want to lead us out and pray today. Um, I just ask you to bow your heads and just really receive this uh, today in the name of Jesus. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, Lord God, we just come before you, Lord God, today in the name of Jesus, Father God. For like anybody, any one of us that is watching this broadcast, Father God, or listening to this broadcast, Lord God, we just come before you, Lord God, Jesus, and we, we ask that you begin to check our portals, Lord God. If we have begun to let the flesh rule our portals, Lord God, if we have begun to let the flesh rule our lives, Lord God, we ask that you forgive us first and foremost, Lord God. This sinful nature that is so addicted, Lord God, we know that it's not good for us, Lord God, Jesus. We know that the promises that it, it promises is, is not giving us satisfaction, Lord God. We want to feel right on the inside, Lord God, Jesus. And when we sin, Lord God, it doesn't make us feel right. We know it's wrong, Lord God, Jesus. So we ask that you give us the grace, Heavenly Father, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, to have the grace, Lord God, Jesus, to let the Holy Spirit join together with our spirit, Lord God, to rule our government, to rule our soul, Lord God, Jesus. Because we know that when the Holy Spirit is in control, Lord God, Jesus, he wants the best for us, Lord God, Jesus, and everything that he says, all his promises are yes and amen. Lord God, we pray this prayer today in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I also want to give anybody the opportunity who doesn't know who Christ is, if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, you know, th this is good, but I, I don't make this for me. I'm not really, I'm not a Christian. You know, I just kind of tuned in because I, I wanted to see you, you know. But I'm telling you today that God, he wants you. He loves you. He, he, he wants you to be part of his family. So if you want to make, make that choice today, that choice is for you. I'm talking to you. That choice is for you today to make. Just repeat these words after me. Father God, I come to you, I come to you today, Lord God, as a sinner. Lord God, I have done so much wrong in my life, Lord God. I have done things, Lord God, that was destroying my soul, Lord God, Jesus. Lord God, I know that what I did was wrong. I know that it was bad, Lord God, Jesus. But I'm asking you to come into my life, Lord God, Jesus, and change me, Lord God. Lord God, I repent, Lord God, Jesus, of all the things that I have done. Lord God, I repent of all my wrongdoings, Lord God, Jesus. Father God, I repent of my sin, Lord God, Jesus. Lord God, I know that because I am a sinner, Lord God, I am qualified for your grace, Lord God, Jesus. I am qualified for your forgiveness, Lord God, Jesus. So, Lord God, I receive your forgiveness today, Lord God, Jesus. I confess you, Lord God, as my Lord and Savior today, and I confess you as Lord of my life. Amen. 
I believe if you made that prayer today, if you confess this word with me today, I believe that you have been a changed person. You have been uh, changed to a new creation. You have received the Holy Spirit and he has joined together with your spirit and he will begin to help you rule your government in a way that it should be ruled. Amen. So I will catch y'all next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.